Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, why we must pay attention to space travel. Space is completely intertwined with national security. I mean, it, when, when the military is launching a drone strike somewhere on the other side of the world, that's all GPS signals. When the military is, you know, collecting data and surveillance from the other side of the world, even things like sending orders to commanders in the field, those are all via email, which comes over satellite. I may be aging myself a bit, but I remember the space race, and it was very much a part of my childhood, and I suspect many of you remember it very well. Well, we're in another space race now. Space is on more and more people's lips. And to take advantage of that and to be part of it, Politico just launched a new Space Weekly newsletter. We're joined by Jacqueline Klimas. She is the national security reporter at Politico and also the co-author of this new newsletter. First of all, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, I, I will admit I'm a space geek. I'm not going to lie. Your newsletter seems really cool, but tell us about it. So it's a, a weekly newsletter. It's going to be coming out every Friday, launched earlier this month, and we're really excited about it. It's a new product for us. Um, it's it's just really exciting to delve a little more into the space race at such an exciting time, you know, that the president is talking about it, the administration's talking about it. We have this new National Space Council. Um, the, the Commerce Department is into it. It's really across the administration. And there's just so much cool stuff going on um, in the, the private sector as well. I actually, I started covering space uh, about a year ago, and I didn't even realize I was a space nerd until I got into it. And now I just, I just absolutely love it. <laughs> so for me, I think I became a space nerd, uh, probably with Apollo 8, with, uh, you know, the Christmas poem, the Christmas Day poem as they came around and saw the Earth. What was it about of last year that made you a space geek? Uh, so I actually got to go down to Cape Canaveral and see a rocket launch, wow. which, I mean, I'm going to admit it, I was crying. It was just to see something go up into space, and then it was a SpaceX launch. So seeing it then come back down and land um, just just really, really got me hooked. When you think about what's going on here, it would seem to me that there are two big trends right now. There's entrepreneurship in space. And there's also, I think, a growing arms race in space. It's, it appears to me that both of those come together in a really unique way here in D.C. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is sort of the, the center of everything where you have the administration, the exploration push with NASA, the goal to get to Mars. We actually just did a story about the, the potential for space war and kind of all the ways that our satellites are vulnerable in space. Uh, you know, if if someone were to target that, all of a sudden, all the GPSs could just stop working. Uh, you have no more Uber, no more timing stamps for ATMs. Uh, the, the economy would really just grind to a halt. So there's that huge vulnerability. And then you have the industry really doing just these, these really innovative things. Um, you have SpaceX landing rocket boosters and reusing them, which is really lowering the cost of entry to get into space you have these new innovative innovative companies who can basically hitch rides on rockets, making it so much cheaper for new countries and, and new companies to enter the market. And, and admittedly, it's going to create enormous regulatory challenges. I think, for example, about just you mentioned SpaceX, you know, they're playing for the low Earth satellite network where they're going to provide broadband with all these micro satellites. And, you know, the, the space junk that's already up there and the threat that it 
how are we going to get there without really having it doesn't seem like the free market's going to solve all these problems is all i'm saying yeah i mean the the technology someone just told me the other day the technology is definitely outpaced the policy realm there just isn't the policy and the regulations to govern this sort of stuff right now um, with regard to reusable rockets or satellite servicing. People want to be able to to go up and when satellites run out of fuel, they want to be able to basically put more fuel in the tanks so we don't have to trash them using less space debris. Uh, but right now you go to these agencies and you say, I want to do this. They're like, well, we've never done this before. We have to figure out who you should be talking to, what licenses you need. Um, the, the government regulations just really haven't caught up to the things private companies want to be able to do. It's interesting to me because I think we could say a similar thing about autonomous cars and, and drones and a lot of different places. Technology doesn't wait. Technology goes, which I think is what makes space so exciting uh, as an opportunity. It's 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 glamorous. Uh, Captain Kirk, the final frontier and all that stuff. But when I think about uh, covering this uh, as, as you now are, how does this play with national security and and does this really bear out in a particular way how national security really does drive our economy locally and nationally? I think that's that's definitely true. Space is completely intertwined with national security. I mean, it, when when the military is launching a drone strike somewhere on the other side of the world, that's all GPS signals. When the military is, you know, collecting data and surveillance from the other side of the world, even things like sending orders to commanders in the field, those are all via email, which comes over satellite. So it's it's definitely has a has a huge impact on national security. And when we go to the consumer side, it appears that we're now seeing well, Virgin Galactic should start flying relatively soon. Blue Origin and and various private efforts are going to do you know uh, not even orbit, just low altitude or high altitude sort of elliptical things like Alan Shepard did. But we're talking. I mean, you've got Boeing now and people talking about low Earth orbit. How far away do you think we are from a space tourism industry? I think we're still a couple of years, but people are definitely already talking about it. Um, you know, there there are capsules where you can go up to the edge of space. You can the, the idea will be that you can feel the weightlessness of not having gravity, see the Earth from space, and then come back down. And right now, you know, the the cost at first is going to be very high. But just like air travel, I think people are predicting that over time going to space will become or, or flying through space. If you you fly through space, you can get anywhere in the world in this crazy short amount of time. So predicting that, you know, this is, of course, way in the future, but it will it will become more commonplace. I think it will be very interesting to see. And, and this is something that was touched on in one of your newsletters that I read recently that uh one of the big things people are going to have to overcome is it's going to be risky, just like aviation was risky. Planes crashed a lot in the 20s and 30s. There's going to be a period of time where it's going to be really risky to be on top of a rocket or a space plane. Do you think that consumers and the nation's really ready to tolerate an entrepreneurial approach to space exploration? I think the people who love space really want to go to space. I, I think there will be people who absolutely will be willing to spend the money and take the risk to do it just because how many people can say they've been to space? It's, it's a really cool thing. <laughs> it's the ultimate roller coaster ride, exactly. I would say. So you're going to go then if you have a chance? Uh, prior to this endeavor, I was always a hard no because I get airsick on airplanes and I didn't think it would be for me. But I mean, the the view and it, it's tempting for sure. I'm with you. I, <laughs> I mean, I get scared on roller coasters, but I will tell you that if I have an opportunity to go, maybe I'll just sedate myself. <laughs> Where can folks sign up for this newsletter? Uh, so you can go to politico.com and there's a, a space page there where you'll be able to, to sign up. It comes out every Friday morning. 
Uh, we have the, the latest space news of the week for, for space geeks and non-space geeks alike. Well, I'm going to definitely enjoy it, and I hope you enjoy writing it as much as we're going to enjoy reading it, Jack. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington, and a thank you to our sponsor, Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation. Their business development team can help you find the best talent, an ideal location, and the latest in market and business intelligence so you can do business successfully in the greater Washington region and Montgomery County. Your business success starts with MCEDC. Connect with them at thinkmoco.com. Support for this podcast comes from University of Maryland Smith School of Business where students learn to harness data to meet tomorrow's challenges. More information about the Smith School MBA program is available at rhsmith.umd.edu. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online writer is Barbara Ulrich. Music provided by two DC region bands, Two Car Living Room and The Sunbathers. And let us know who you think we should be talking to on this show Tweet us at at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening.